ask you a question this morning. Where are you? Where are you? Sorry, what you were you? Sorry. <laughs> Where are you this morning? Not just like you're in worship in a middle school auditorium in South Tampa. Where are you in life right now? Where are you? We just started a message series, The Power of Clarity. When we get clear about where we are and what's going on in the world and in our lives and where it is, what it is God wants us to go after, when we get clear about those things, there is power in it. We've been looking at the book of Habakkuk. Um, he's a prophet that lived thousands of years ago. He was a musician in the temple, so he's like Abbey. He helped lead people in their worship of God. After being a, a musician in the temple, he became a priest or a pastor. He helped to teach them and shepherd them, show the people what it was God wanted the people in the church to do. And then God came to him and asked him to be a prophet. He said, I want you to stand on the temple steps and I want you to look out at what's happening in Israel, Judah at this time. I want you to look out at what's happening there. And I want you to begin to speak my truth. And as he stands on the temple steps and he looks out at the city, he sees that it is broken, that the leaders are corrupt, that, that there is pain and sadness and sorrow everywhere he looks. And he cries out to God, this is terrible. And he stands on those temple steps day after day after day and says, the violence, the brokenness, the pain, the darkness, I cannot take it anymore, God. And he, he, he cries out to God, how long? How long do I have to cry out to you? And then he lists all these things that, that are wrong. And God tells him, you're right, Israel, these people aren't doing what they're supposed to. That's why they're experiencing this darkness and this pain. He was honest with God about where he was and where the world was too. He says, and, and God says, this brokenness that they're living with, that I'm going to, to devise a plan for them to come to face to face with that and to begin to change. And so Habakkuk has to start to, to help people ask this question that we're going to ask this morning. Where are you? I've got a couple graphs. I'm glad to see some kids here this morning. Anybody studied graphs in elementary school lately? So we're going to look at those uh, this morning. So where are you? The first sort of thing that you're, we're going to look at is the flat line. So this might feel like, look like Groundhog Day, right? Get up in the morning, you do your exercise, drink your cup of coffee, you go to work, you pick up the kids, you do whatever, you go back home. Like every day is sort of the same, right? This flat line. So this is what it looks like on a graph. This may be what it feels like day to day in your life, this next story, this next picture, right? It feels like this circle that goes around and around and around. It's called a cul-de-sac, right? It never, there's no way out. You're just going around and around and around. So, so it looks like that flat line graph, but it feels like this, right? Anybody, if you were going to ask the question, answer the question, where are you this morning? Is that how you would answer it? A second way is this cliff, right? Things have been going really, 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 really well. And then all of a sudden there's a steep drop off and there's rock bottom. You see how that graph hits the line? Um, this is not a good thing if you are in sales or marketing or you own a company. This is not the kind of thing you want to see when you walk into work on Monday morning. But if I were to ask, where are you, would somebody say they were somewhere on this line? 
Better yet, would you say you're about at that, where that white dot is there? Are you at the rock bottom? Where are you? Addictive behavior looks like this, right? It works really good for you for a really long time, and then it doesn't anymore. Uh, there are other things in your life that look like this. It works really well for you for a while, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore, and you hit rock bottom, and you hit it fast, right? Where are you this morning? And the third is a graph called the dip. Um, so some of you may have seen this if you work in um, sales or business stuff. This is called the dip. So things are going okay. But do you see how it flattens out right there? Things, like they start to flatline. This is, this is how I am in, in, when things start to flatline in my own life. I'm like, we got to do something, right? Like we got to either make this line increase or decrease. But something's got to change. I'm not a flatline uh, kind of person. But, you know, things are improving and then it flatlines. And then all of a the sudden there's some kind of change that happens. And then there's a little dip. There's a dip. And then there's some increase. Are you somewhere on that line? Is that what the graph of where you are or, or your life, is that what it looks like this morning? Where are you? When I started looking at this question, I had to ask this question. If you'll go to the next slide, how do you know the difference between rock bottom and the bottom of the dip? How do you know the difference in rock bottom and that you're just in the bottom of the dip? Because this, this is what I believe about God. This is what I believe about God. I think when you hit rock bottom, I believe in the mighty saving act of our God who picks us up and puts us on a new path. I believe in that. I believe the God who, I believe in a God who picks us up off rock bottom and puts us in a new path. But here's the deal. I don't think we always know if we've hit rock bottom or if we're simply in a dip being made new by God, right? There are things outside of our circumstances that we cannot control that are affecting us and that we experience that dip. God is in both of those places, but I think we have to ask, how do we know if we're just in the dip and we need to sort of continue with what we're doing in life, or how do we know, we're on, how do we know we've hit rock bottom? Anybody ask that question lately? God, I need clarity. Is this rock bottom or is this simply just the dip? Habakkuk is asking this question question. So if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 2, I'm going to be reading different pieces of it um, throughout. Chris, there's not, they're not necessarily going to be, um, I, only verses 1 through 5 are going to be on the slide, and I'll, bring, I'll come back to that in a minute. But we're going to look at how you can know the difference in the dip and rock bottom, because this is exactly where the people of Israel are um, when Habakkuk is standing on those temple steps and has to be a prophet. He has to decide, are the people of Israel in the dip or is this rock bottom and this is it? Are the Babylonians, because God's plan is for the Babylonians to come in and sort of take over and fix things, but the Babylonians are even worse than the Israelites, right? They're, they're way worse than the Israelites. So Habakkuk is like, God, I don't like your plan. I don't like your plan. It seems like you're trying to get us to a better place by making even worse things happen, and I don't like that plan. And God's like, that's not, that's not what's happening, right? That's not what's happening. But have you ever asked that question to God? God, I feel like how you want to fix this problem is not the way I want it fixed. Can you listen to me, God? Can you listen to me? And this is what God tells Habakkuk. There's five things that lead to sort of that cliff drop-off rock bottom. They're called woes. So he's talking back to Habakkuk. Habakkuk's complained about 
what it looks like to be a person looking out at this city of Israel that's absolutely falling apart. He feels like his life is falling apart, right? Like no, no one's coming to worship at this moment. And so he, he's just asking these questions. And so in um, verse 4, uh, Habakkuk, uh, God says to Habakkuk, See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires is not upright. So it looks exactly like that, that cliff graph, right? It's puffed up. Things work really well for you for a while, for the enemy. And then his desires are not upright. It makes you hit rock bottom. It's the opposite of upright. But the righteous person will live by faith. A righteous person trusts that they're in the dip and they are to live by faith. How do you know the difference in rock bottom and the dip? Here's the first way. In verse 6, I'm just going to tell you these five woes really quick. In verse 6, God says, woe to him. God basically says, these things lead to the rock bottom and I will change it and fix it and turn everything over. If these five things happen, I'm, in, I'm intervening and I'm going to completely change things. I'm not going to take these things. They're wrong and they produce bad things in the world and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in in this moment. So the five things are, number one, in verse six, he says, God says, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. So the first woe is that they steal and invest and cheat. They steal, they, they get money off of interest, and they cheat. So if you are stealing, if you are cheating, if you are not, pay, not charging someone what's fair, that is a what God does not put up with that. It may work for you for a while, but there's going to be a moment where you hit rock bottom. If you are stealing, if you are cheating. And, and you're like, Erica, I don't shoplift. I don't steal things. I, I want you to think about how it was being a part of your family this week. Did you steal time from your children to get a little extra work done when maybe that wasn't the most important thing this week? Did you cheat something this week? Are you stealing or cheating to get ahead? Where are you in life? The second woe is in verse 12, he says, Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. God does not like violence. God does not like violence. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed. That's not how we build things. We don't build things by overpowering people, by being violent, yelling, screaming, trying to make things our way. Woe to those who are violent. God does not put up with that. It may work for you for a while, right? You may be able to build up some things for a while. Your children may do what you say if you yell at them for a while. But after a while, you're going to hit that cliff and it will, it will knock you into rock bottom. There is going to be a moment where operating like that no longer works. Violence is not a way that God continues to form us if we're in the rock bottom. That's how we can, this is how we know we're at rock bottom and not the difference. If you're like, if I look around in my life, I got to this place because, yeah, maybe I stole and cheated to get here. Or maybe I was violent and that's how I got here. And and then I'm hitting rock bottom. These are some ways to know you've hit rock bottom. The the third in verse, um, in verse 15, it says, woe to him who gives drinks to his neighbors, pouring it from the wine skin until they are drunk abusing alcohol or other substances. It works for you for a while. 
abusing alcohol or other substance works for you for a while, and then there's a point where there's a steep drop-off and it's not going to work anymore. If you're like, I don't know if I'm in the dip or at rock bottom, what does your substance use look like in your life? What does your substance use look like in your life? And then this, this fifth one, of what value is it, woe to those who find value in an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies. For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation, he makes idols that cannot speak. The fourth is idolatry. What is it that you are striving for, that you are working for, that you're putting all your time and energy into that is not God? Is it the new things that you're trying to buy? Is it the new position you're trying to get at work? What is it that you have idolized and are worshiping? Because we all worship something. If it's not God, you've probably hit rock bottom. If you're idolizing something that is not God, it's probably not a dip in your life. It's probably rock bottom. I want you to hear what Habakkuk does. What Habakkuk does before he hears these five things. So stealing, cheating, violence, slavery, misuse of alcohol, idolatry, those are the things. Those are the things that work for us for a while, but then they drop off. Then we hit rock bottom. I want you to hear, I want you to hear with me what, um, what Habakkuk, how Habakkuk gets to this point of hearing this from God. He looks at God and he says in chapter 2, verse 1 of Habakkuk, he says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what God will say to me and what answer he's going to give to my complaint. This morning, right now, you are in seats. You have taken a moment away from your busy lives and you've made a, 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 you've carved out space in your life to hear from God. This is exactly what Habakkuk does when he wants to get clear about whether it's a dip in his life or rock bottom. Is Israel in a dip or is it rock bottom? Am I in a dip or is it rock bottom? He carves out space and he goes and stands away from the busyness of his life. He goes and stands on a wall. He looks out over the city. He takes a deep breath and he says, God, answer my complaint. God, speak to me. When is the last time you made yourself available and asked God, have you heard me, God? Will you speak to me, God? When is the last time you asked that question? When is the last time you took a step away from your busy lives and you stood up and looked out at the things that God has given you and that God is doing? You even looked out at the injustice and the evil and the brokenness in our world and in our lives. When is the last time you stood there and you said, God, answer my complaint. Hear me. Speak to me. We aren't hearing God, it may be because we haven't taken time to listen. Have you taken time to listen? Have you taken time to listen? And this is what God said. This is what God said to Habakkuk in verse 2. He says, write down the revelation, write down the vision, and make it plain on tablets so that whoever reads it may run with it. Write it down. Write down what God says to you, what God's spoken to you, the vision God has given you for your life. Write it down so that whoever reads it can run with it. 
for the revelation, the vision, listen to this, awaits an appointed time. You're not going to see all of it right at this very moment. Just because you've taken time this morning to stand and to hear God's word this morning, you aren't, you aren't necessarily going to see it all right now. It waits for its appointed time. It speaks of the end. It speaks of what's going to be at the end of all of this that we're going through right now. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. The vision that God has given to this church to see people know their God-given purpose, that is a purpose that we have written down, we put it in places, right? That we are a church who, who seeks God's purpose for our lives and makes sure we do everything we can to make sure other people in this community, in this world, will know God's purpose for their lives. If we have to foster, be foster families and foster children, we will, so they can hear God's purpose for their lives. If we have to go and spend our lunch break eating lunch with kids at Sheremonte Elementary School so we can begin to draw out their purpose and hear from them what it is, we will do that because we've written the vision down and we will chase after it even if we have to wear a mask and sit outside because we believe we're in a dip because we are chasing after the vision God has given us. At work, at work we chase after the vision God's given us to create companies in this community that are just and ethical, that don't work our people over time and not pay them or compensate them correctly. We are a people who look at racism and homophobia and the things that prevent our children and the people we love from getting to, to live into the purposes they are, and we, we figure out what we can do to get rid of those. We have written the vision down. We are a people who have been given a God given purpose to see the world flourish to see the God know about a God who is the God of the light and who is a God of light even in the darkness that is our purpose and there is a world out there there are people right beyond those doors who don't know and can't hear their purposes anymore idols have told them something else stealing and cheating has got them, part, got them places that they, they had never even dreamed of Injustice and violence is ruining their lives, but they don't know how to escape it because they don't know they're on rock bottom. They've not got clarity. So this morning, maybe you're not in a dip, but maybe, maybe God's asking you in this moment, just like he asked Habakkuk, to stand up and look out at the world and to hear your purpose. Write it down. Right now, get your cell phone out if you need to. Write it down and chase after it. Run after the purpose God has given you with everything that you have. You may not see the fullness of it right now, for the revelation might await over the point in time, but it will speak of an end. It will speak of a time when you're doing exactly what you're supposed to, and it will not prove false. Though it will linger, though it doesn't come right when we want, wait for it, God says to Habakkuk. Who needs to hear that this morning? Though it will linger, wait for it. It will certainly come, and it will not delay. It will certainly come, and it will not delay. If you need clarity about whether you're in the dip of your life, or if you've hit rock bottom, you simply need to ask, am I looking and listening? Am I standing and waiting for what it is that God has to speak to me today? Am I looking and listening? 
The second thing you need to do is you need to write it down. Write down the purpose God has for you. If you're sitting here this morning, you're like, Erica, I don't know if God has a purpose for you. Let me tell you something. God has a purpose for you in your life. And the only way everybody else in this world will know their purpose is if those of us in this room get serious about living out that purpose. Moses found his purpose when he stepped away from the busyness of his life and God spoke to him through a burning bush. Ruth found out about her purpose to help people in the grief and the pain and the brokenness of their lives, not when she was, everything in her life was going great, but when she was in the dip, when she experienced pain and grief. And she found food and rescue and love. And she let other people know about the stories of women. Esther rose up to power from a, from a group of people who were oppressed and treated ter- absolutely terrible. And God rose her up to a position of power for such a time as this. In a world that told women to be silent, to not speak, God looked at her and said, If you are silent at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise from another place. If you are silent, relief and deliverance for the world will rise. That's God's promise. But it may rise from a different place. Don't be silent. I don't know if there's women in here who've been told that by the church in your life. Do God's purpose for you is not to be silent. Do not remain silent in this time. God gives a vision to Paul who started new churches in a world that is as broken and dark and desperate as the world we live in. God gave him a vision to start new churches. And he looks at these new churches and he says in the church, this church in Galatia, he says in those churches there's no man, male or female. There's no Greek nor slave. There's no immigrant, nor foreigner, nor American. None of that. That's our purpose that we have to live in. God God gave Paul this vision to give to the church. Write it down. The vision for our church, the vision God's given us is that you will know your purpose and that we'll do everything we can to help others know their purpose. Write it down and chase after it. We're here because people have written the vision down and they've chased after it with everything they have. Write it down. Right now, if you don't know what it is, right now, in this moment, stand. Take a moment from your life and say, God, speak to me and tell me your purposes. Make it clear what your purpose is for me. And then write it down and run after it. Write it down and run after it. And if everything doesn't work out just like you want in that dip, in that little dip, wait for it. Wait for it. It. Some of you are over the flat line that you feel at the bottom of the, of the dip for just a second. I get it. I get it. But wait. Wait for the goodness of God. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what we're experiencing in, life, in our life, wait for it. Wait for what God is going to do in the midst of this dip. And then watch God use us. Because the enemy, in verse 4, it says, see, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person, the person who is on the right path, chasing after the purpose that God has for them and for the people around them, the righteous person will live by faith. The righteous person will live by faith. Will the band come on up? This morning, the band is going to play a song, Word of God Speak. You're not, you don't have to wait till tonight when you get home and find some quiet place. Right now, in this moment, God has a purpose for you and for the people in our world. 
Some of us just need to take time to stand up on a wall and look out at our lives and at the world and hear God speak. This morning, as the band plays, word of God, speak. I'm going to pray that God is speaking to you. And for those of you who are absolutely over being in the dip of life, I feel you. I'm there with you. But let's wait for it because it will not linger. I want you to read one last verse before the band plays. Verse 20, it says, The Lord is in His holy temple. There may be COVID and political division. There may be brokenness and pain, divorce, grief, all the things you can imagine. But God is still in God's temple. God is in this place, and God's vision will still come true. There will still be a way. There will still be a day where every person will have the opportunity to live into their purpose. And you, you are loved by that God. Whether you're at rock bottom and need to change your way or you're just simply in the dip. God loves you and God has a purpose for you. And I'm going to pray as the band sings. But you'll take just a moment. Don't even wait. Let God speak to you.